It's time for Mama Bear Donita on the Mama Bear Cancer Support Radio Podcast. Welcome to The Sharing Den, where we share cancer stories, products, and information to support anyone going through the journey. We will be there for you. We will be there with you. Now, welcome Mama Bear Donita. Welcome to the Mama Bear Podcast, where we are having the real and thought-provoking conversations about what it takes to overcome the impossible and fear. I am your host, Donita Mama Bear, a survivor and fighter. And I want to welcome to the show this morning, Megan Canoni with the Ullman Foundation. Welcome, Megan. Good morning. Thank you Thanks for having for- me. Thanks for being on. And I like to tell the listeners kind of like how we know each other a little bit. And your mother-in-law is one of my dear friends, Marianne. And she, she, she was that friend that always found me somebody to work with, like her neighbor and, and you and a couple other people. And she's always doing such a great job um, promoting me and standing by my side and can't speaks the world of you. So I was very much looking forward to having you on. Um, I feel like I know you way more than you probably know me, um, but that's okay because that's what moms do. And speaking of moms, the the Ullman Foundation really works with younger younger people. Give us a little cap of, about the Ullman Foundation. Sure. So the Ullman Foundation was founded, um, I believe, about 21 years ago by the Ullman family. Their son, Doug Ullman, um, was diagnosed with cancer in his early 20s and went through um, the process of treatment and realized that there was no resources for fighters in their 20s. You have um, pediatrics and you have more of elderly, but then you have this age gap of, well, you're kind of in a weird spot because Mm. we have fertility, um, relationships, jobs, college, friendships, kind of starting off, you know, in your life and you get this diagnosis and it's like, wow. Um, right, right. So after he went through that, um, his mom and uh, his mom, Diana, um, and Doug created the Ullman Foundation. Um, so that's how we were born. That's fantastic. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what made my company is a gap between like the last appointment and the three to six months later in, in, in survivorship or if you're metastatic and you're just, you know, keeping it at bay or, you know, whatever's going on, that there's a gap and, and there's so many gaps in cancer. It's nobody's fault. Nobody says, Ooh, I want to ignore that group. It's just that it's so overwhelming. And that's what it's hard to understand as a, as a survivor myself. And it's so hard to understand the friendships that you were talking about, the family support, the job support, and especially like 20 years ago, that must have been a huge gap because they weren't protected a little bit more like they are today Mm -hmm. um, with uh, medical laws and stuff. So let's jump in. Uh, What would you like to tell young people about life after cancer treatment, especially like the first year? Well, I want to tell young people to get involved with, well, honestly, if we could just, you know, just rewind the, the time that they're diagnosed, look for a social worker and look for someone to be your advocate and kind of your non-medical partner during this whole process. It's interesting. I meet people all throughout this process. I, I mostly hear from patients after because it's all of a sudden you've had all the support and this routine and the structure and then poof, mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, well, you're healthy. Get back to normal. Yeah, what? exactly. Mm-hmm. You look, you look great. Your hair's back. Why, why aren't you happy? Why aren't you 
this and that. And so um, that's when I find that people come back to me just saying, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so anxious. My caregiver, you know, doesn't understand. Everyone disappeared. I, I don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. That's exactly how Mama Bear was born. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like the, the feeling of being um, in that space of not knowing what to do. And it's very confusing because like on the outside, you are supposed to be happy. Like your body mm -hmm. looks better. Your scars are healing, you know, things. But on the inside, you're a completely different person. You may, may or may not be missing body parts. You may be adjusting to new body parts. They may not be working out for you. You may have thought your very best friend in the world all of a sudden had a hair appointment when you had to go to chemo or something. It's just crazy. I can only imagine I went through that at 41. I can't imagine what somebody going through it at, you know, in their early 20s would feel just on top of that whole, you know, I have two kids in their 20s and I forgot how um, struggling it is. That's not really a word, but you know, mm -hmm. full of struggle. <laughs> so, you know, um, so how would, how would you, if they're seeking, can they come to the Ullman Foundation to get that kind of support? Absolutely. So we have, um, Ullman Foundation has, not only do we have a house, but we have remote navigation, we call it, where anyone from all over the world can reach out to um, a patient navigator, a young adult patient navigator, and get support, either um, you know, telephone calls or even a Skype or email, whatever is most convenient for them, just so um, you know, they, they know that they're not alone and there is someone to help them that understands you know, what they're facing. Um, so it's, yeah, that we have, so the remote navigation is a great, great tool for that. Well, and it's also a little bit, um, not anonymous, but a little bit, you know, in that, mm -hmm. you know, it's not somebody that you go to lunch with once a month or, yes. you know, things like you don't have any ties to. So that makes it a lot easier to just kind of be your true self and then work through some things that are truly bothering you versus yes. being fake all the time or yes. <clears throat> fake it till you make it, which is, there's nothing bad about that. It's just, so there's a lot. It's, mm -hmm. it's not like, um, it's not like you broke your fingernail or, you know, you got your haircut too short or, you know, something like that. It's, it's something that, that affects your life forever. And uh, speaking of that, you know, we constantly go back for scans and more tests and things like that. And so how, how do you combat scan anxiety or skin anxiety as they call it now? <laughs> sure. I, you know, I think it's important to always um, be in touch with your oncologist and your nurses and ask if your um, center has an oncology nurse navigator. Um, and again, along with social workers, just so um, you know, you have someone to be with you even. Um, I've had patients who tell me when their scan is or when their blood work is, and I'll either go sit with them in the waiting room or I'll send them an encouraging email the morning before just saying, I'm thinking of you. Um, again, because it's, for me who I, you know, I've never had cancer, I, routine blood work and scans, that's nothing. But for, for somebody else, it's, it's terrifying. And I think it's important for um, caregivers and friends and loved ones to realize that what's routine for us who are healthy is not routine for them. And just to give, you know, just that little extra encouragement or, um, you know, just to help them get through it. Right. right. That's exactly, I mean, that is a hundred percent true because it's really more, um, I've, I've been told I've had cancer five times and you would think that <laughs> you would think like, Oh, number two or three or four or five, that I would have taken it better. Um, or I would have learned something from the previous ones, but they were all different and they all had their own set of scared, 
uh, scary factors with them. And so, no, it, de it doesn't, you don't like learn how to um, accept a diagnosis because they're, they're all different. And at the end of the day, this is what I always try to tell people. And you understand because you're in this field and this is what you do. It's your life. It's not like, it's not like you, oh, you're going to get a divorce and you'll remake yourself or you'll start a new job or you'll, you know, uh, your child empty nest and you'll see them again. No, it is it, every single time the outcome is if I don't take care of this, it could kill me like period. And, and that's what's, and people, I saw something, I just, right before we got on, I saw something that, um, like negative positivity or something. And the person was like, what does that even mean? I get it. Like when I was, when I was going through and I was, everyone was like, be positive, be positive, be positive. You're like, okay, I'll be positive, but I can't be positive all the time. And yes. it, it's easy to say to be positive. It's really hard to do it when you don't know if you're going to go and you're going to get your numbers if you're okay. And you can, you don't have any control over that, over, you know, like eat well, exercise, get rest, you know, all the things that you would do for your body or you should do for your body anyway. So, you know, it's just, uh, I still get anxiety bad, like bad. And I have found that I don't have, like, I didn't know about the, the omen. If I did, I would have, you know, probably looked at that a little harder, but I did have those, those friends. And it's funny because it's the friends like Marianne your mother-in-law, she's one of those friends that she remembers everything and when you're going and what's going on. And she's the, the one person, I may not talk to her for like six months, but if I needed that one friend that's there right then and there, that's, that's the great thing about, I found out is I lost a lot of friends, but I gained some friends that really were there and understood a little bit more. And yes. maybe weren't, I don't want to say selfish, but maybe just could understand that it, it's it was pretty dramatic so how how would you su suggest advocating for yourself during like appointments and you know things like that you know um i always recommend and um you know having everything written down in a notebook or bringing a friend with you or a loved one that will help you that will help advocate for you if you cannot um you know we all go to these appointments and the doctors sometimes use this terminology that's way over our heads and we're so anxious when we're there we walk out of the room and we're like what did they just say right right <laughs> well like you get caught up on like two words and you're like four sentences later you're like wait i feel like i missed a huge amount of information right there and yes and not to plug somebody else but there is a, a, a there is a, a company called the can planner that makes a wonderful book for cancer any any type of cancer that it's very positive it's very thorough. It's one book, but yeah, get one notebook or mm -hmm. one friend and consistently have the same. And, and there's people that want to do that. You know, yes, there's people absolutely. that are gifted in that area. Um, <clears throat> when we were caregiving for my mother-in-law, we would go to appointments every Friday and every Friday um, we would um, hear basically the same thing. And she was having a little dementia. So um, it's funny how I tuned it out after a while because it was um hold on we were talking about having an advocate and how important that is to have one um why what what do you see with your with work and things that you deal with why that is important well i i, I feel like that um you know patients are a little uh, afraid of the doctor um, and they're a little, also a little afraid to push back or get second opinions. 
Um, and so I'd like to encourage, you know, anyone who's going to the oncologist, if you don't like, you know, what you're hearing or you feel like they're not treating you like a human being um, and as a number, then it is okay to either ask for a different oncologist in your practice or go get a different opinion. Because again, this is your life and your family that you're fighting for. Um, so it's important. Right. I agree. And I, um, I also feel like, I also feel like that whole advocacy thing is really kind of a little bit of a confusing time because mm -hmm. you don't know the verbiage, you don't know the words. And then <clears throat> it is, it is hard to find somebody to be your advocate. Although there are lots of companies that do that. And then to understand your own personal like why you might not excite me. Then my first surgeon that I went to when I was first diagnosed with the triple negative, they wanted to do a full mastectomy. And um, he, he did, he treated me like a number. I, he went in there, he's like, we'll just take them out. We'll just put them on. You won't have any nipples, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, buddy. Like, whoa, back that up a little bit. And, you know, it was kind of, um, I didn't like him. And he made me feel like I was bothering him. And he didn't have enough time to, to have a full appointment with me. So I didn't use him and I didn't have a full mastectomy either. So I had a lumpectomy. And I think that that's important in hindsight. Something just made me uncomfortable, but he also made my husband uncomfortable. So okay. I think that's where a lot of it came in, you know, like a lot of the, um, why we went ahead and changed. But just like you're saying, like if I had been by myself and maybe I had taken time off work and I only had one day to go to an appointment and I didn't want to be like, how am I gonna take more time off? And you know, just the things that we prioritize until you get super sick are really um, interesting. I do feel like the society as a whole is going a little bit towards cancer understanding. Yes, yes, I agree. And so like, um, nobody talks about this, so I, I'm glad we're going to talk about it. How, how do you, how, what do you hear from um, how the sexuality has changed? Well, you know, I have um, a lot of young people who just got married. You know, we're dealing with fertility preservation and having these talks. And, um, you know, after, you know, some of these surgeries, especially, um, you know, radiation, um, a lot of couples are talking about, or I'm bringing up and making them talk about the fact that they don't have a sex drive or life anymore and they're newlyweds and um, they don't know how to touch their partner or, you know, with breast cancer, do they, it's almost like they're afraid to initiate sex or um, touch because they're afraid of hurting them. And um, the hormone changes and the lack of sex, sex, sex drive and the hot flashes and um, and Yes. You know, there's a whole set of things that shouldn't occur in your twenties, yes. so, you know, and especially that, um, it's a very uncomfortable conversation and you hear, I see, and I'm, I'm in these Facebook groups and I see so many of the women saying, you know, my husband left me and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I'm not judging that man. I don't know what happened or the wife left or whatever, but you know, there is a huge discussion that's not taking place over, yes. over this and it does change you. It does it does, um, having been through some of this myself, you know, with, I had the first hysterectomy I was telling you, and I had the second one, I, I couldn't do hormones because of my breast cancer. So after my second hysterectomy, I was suicidal and just for like one day for, and I don't remember, it was like a dream, but still the fact that it could change my entire, you know, like the fact that I would put, what if I had succeeded? 
Right. I would have, it would have just devastated my family for what, for like a seven hour time frame that my body was going crazy. I yeah. almost, I almost feel like you need a hysterectomy sitter. Like yes. after you're done, <laughs> you know, like somebody be like, no, 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 I'm going to keep your crazy over there. And, <laughs> and I'm not judging the people saying they are truly crazy, but I think you get hysterectomy crazy a little bit and you know, it can alter things and it can really, and then all the guilt associated with it. Yes. There's so much guilt that comes with the diagnosis. What did I do? What if I had done something different? What if I hadn't done this? What if I hadn't done that? What if, you know, what if I had not seen it? What if I had seen it? You know, just so much guilt associated. Yes. And it's, it's so hard. And so do you find that if you talk to these couples that it helps them, you know, get um, situated better with their new set of circumstances? I think so. I just want them to feel comfortable enough knowing that they can come to me and, you know, I can even ask questions if they're uncomfortable. Um, you know, I had a, a young lady who didn't know when to have sex after radiation or, um, you know, or chemotherapy um, because they're, they're not being told these things. Um, so, yeah. Um, just being able to advocate for them and kind of taking that piece off um, and bringing it back to them. But I, I want them just to, if, I like to bring it up so they know it's okay to bring it up. You know, right. we're not giggling, we're not laughing. Like it's, no, this is, this is a very real part of your life and your marriage. Um, and in some of the couples that got to the point where they're sleeping in separate bedrooms and they're not dating and, you know, there is this resentment um, and they stopped having sex or doing any type of intimacy at all, like even holding hands or kissing um, yeah. because they weren't talking about it. The conversation never happened. And they go, it goes hand in hand with body image. Yeah. You know, yeah. Them, if you've been altered um, in any way, um, you know, even from your breast to your, to your um, any kind of body, you know, some people lose whole limbs and things like that. I had a big chunk taken out of the top of my ear, you know, just even that, um, it, a tiny ear, you know, and it was right before my son's wedding and the doctor was like, hair up or hair down. I was like, I mean, after, this is the fifth time to get a diagnosis. So I was like, I don't care. Just take it out. Um, but you know, I could only imagine if that was my first one, it was my first child getting married, how devastating that would be to the, you know, the, the mother to have that scarring thing right there in the middle of of a big production like a wedding. Mm -hmm. So I um, I feel like body image and it, it associated with the guilt again, yes. you know, like, oh, um, it's not so much anymore, but you know, it used to be like, I couldn't wear a wig, I was allergic to wigs. I would go bald everywhere. And it, 10, it, 12 years ago, people were like, you know, they would really right. look at my bald head. Now I don't look twice at a bald head, but just even the hair. You know, and it's interesting, speaking of like um, intimacy issues, hair loss is everywhere. So that can be like a huge thing in of itself. Like I know I had several of my friends tell me their husbands were uncomfortable with that and just kind of left them alone and they didn't know what they did, but it was, it was just a miscommunication gap and, you know, maybe some, and that's what you guys do, right? You, you set it up to where your clients have this um, avail availability of someone like yourself. Yes. Yes. So if somebody wanted to get in contact with you guys, how do you do that? So you can visit the Ullman Foundation website. 
And um, again, if you want all of our contact information is on there, our phone numbers, our emails, um, you know, there's, we have, a, we call ourselves navigators. So there's um, in Maryland, there's navigators at three different hospitals um, currently. And then again, we have the remote navigation and anyone from all over the country, all over the world can reach out to the remote navigator. And I want to tell it's www.ulmanfoundation.org. Yes. So it's with one L, ulmanfoundation.org. You're on Facebook um, as the same Instagram, Twitter. And um, yeah, like you said, it's pretty easy to get a hold of you. I was able to find all of your social media very quickly and easily. And it's very easy to read and understand. And um, you know, if you're in the Maryland area or if you're remote somewhere, it doesn't matter. Um, it seems like this, this is really a good place. And you seem to have a very good understanding, especially for somebody who has not been through cancer, that, that you know, that's, uh, you have a good understanding of what's going on. And, and um, I can't tell you how many times I hear, you know, I, I just felt so alone. And that was my entire reason for being and doing my mama bear was because I don't want anybody to feel alone. And I don't want them to feel just like you don't want them to feel like somebody turned their back on them because of something that's out of their control. Even if they smoke 47 packs of cigarettes a day, that doesn't, you shouldn't punish them for the outcome. I mean, just because somebody, you know, um, there's just a lot of things that contribute to why you might get a diagnosis. My personal opinion is that we have too many chemicals all over the place and you know, it's altering ourselves. And a friend of mine's son is doing his PhD in uh, some kind of engineering, like poly something or another. And um, he was telling us that every single person has Scotchgard in them. Like our cells now contain Scotchgard. That's crazy. I know, it cannot be healthy. So I was like, oof, I wish I had the responsibility of knowing everything too. So, you know, that's, that's big. And I want to applaud you for um, the work that you do. I, I hear about it and how wonderful it is. And it's been an honor to speak with you today. Thank you. Again, if you're listening and you would like to get a hold of this um, foundation, it's www.omanfoundation.com. And I want to thank you for listening today on the Mama Bear podcast. Be sure to follow me on social media and visit donitamamabear.com for more content about survivorships overcoming impossible. Thank Thanks, Megan. Until next time, thank you for joining Mama Bear Donita.